0: Hey, it's your old pal Slim, and this is 70 Millimeter, a podcast for film lovers. Every Monday, I'm joined by famous artist Danny Haas.
1: What what blew my mind watching all 17 hours of this film was the amount of cultural um, impact that this film had on future sci-fi movies is disgusting. And spiritual advisor...
2: But the thing that was most terri- one of the most terrifying things to me was this Orange Julius drink that the kid's dad has. Do people know about this? Where you you take it orange juice and you mix a raw egg with it, you blend it, and then you drink it. You put it down your throat. And together as friends forever,
0: we discuss recently watched movies. Shame Month continues, where the movies we choose to talk about later in each episode are ones you'd be ashamed to admit you haven't seen yet. Proto chose Fritz Lang's silent classic, Metropolis, from 1927. This has been called one of the most influential movies ever made. What will we think? Find out now. Sad news to report. Oh no. You know, over a year ago, we had a conversation in, in a certain video game <laughs> that we should start a podcast. It all started inside of a certain video game on Xbox called Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. And Proto shared some news today with us that he is officially retiring from Apex Legends. Mm. Danny didn't say a word for about four hours after <laughs> that.
1: It's like, you know when like Michael Jordan retired to play baseball the first time? Yeah. That's how I felt. It's like, good for you, man. Right. You'll be back.
0: In that Michael Jordan documentary, we had those bloodshot eyes for 10 yeah. episodes straight.
2: And I took that personally. <laughs> <laughs> Brodo, do you have anything to say for yourself? We, we all don't know when our last game of Apex Legends is going to be. Mm. You know, it just comes it comes upon you like a thief in the night. And there and, and but then you just know, you know, things have changed and I'm changed. I'm different. We had a bad night.
0: We had one bad night in Apex and the next morning Pardo announces his retirement. You think Michael Jordan would announce his retirement after putting up uh uh five for twelve in the field?
3: Mm. You think? Mm.
2: I mean, I don't know if I would call myself the Michael Jordan of Apex Legends. <laughs> That's what we call you. Scotty Pippen. <laughs>
0: we're talking about Metropolis, this episode. 1927. This is Proto's pick for Shame Month. Movies that, if you were to talk to some kind of film nerd, film cinephile, film lover, and they heard you didn't see this movie, they'd say, oh, you, you
4: didn't see this movie?
0: Mm-hmm. Fritz Lang. And I put up on our IG, I put the poll up, how many of you have not seen Metropolis? You know, put a gauge out there. The previous episodes, about 70% of the people have seen the movie. So it's a good, you know, indicator. Hmm. This week, however, 36% of our IG friends have seen Metropolis. Oh, wow. The inverse is true.
1: We flipped it.
2: Mm-hmm. Flipped the script. Flipped the script. Were you expecting that, Proto? Yes. I would have thought, yeah. Well, I would have thought it had been lower than that, honestly. Mm. It's a silent movie from 1927. You know, you're watching this on YouTube or you're buying a, a Blu-ray for 30, 40 bucks. Yeah, that's that's a that's a small group of people who are going to be doing those mm. one of mm. those two things. That's what I think. Yeah. But- You know, we do have a lot of film lovers following us on Mm. IG. So maybe Mm. that's, you know, obviously 36% is right. I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of being wrong,
0: next week, we're going to be talking about Zack Snyder's cut of Justice League hitting HBO Max. Here we go. It's next week. There's a few people in the Discord that are not happy with that choice. I'm not going to name names. A lot of anger. Rhymes with Darcy. <laughs> uh, so it's a four-hour movie. We're going to be getting into it next week, so get ready.
1: Mm. Danny, do you watch any movies this week? I watched Raya, the new Disney John, and it was good. I enjoyed it. A lot of it. buzz. A lot, a lot of, of buzz on Discord about it. Yeah. I saw a few five bangers. A lot of five bangers. would you give it? Three and a half. Oh, God. <laughs> it has its issues, and I don't, and I, I really want, music in my Disney movies. So I was a little left down by that. Mm. Uh, that's fine. We don't talk about Can that. Can you tell what me I do uh, what this
2: movie is about, though? I have no idea. Raya. Yeah.
1: Um, okay, so... geez, This world uh, used to have dragons that lived with people. And... I don't know. Something happened bad and the dragons all got turned to stone. And this, like... Power that was kept in a crystal uh, was kept at one place, and there's like the five armies of civilization fought over it and messed things up and yeah. I'm not well, selling me on this with your uh, description. Eh, it's okay. I, I do like the story and the 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 animation's very good. Um it's just it's just interesting. Who was the lead voice? Kelly Marie. Train? Our queen, our queen, queen. Uh, she does a great job. Aquafina does a great job. It's just it's a, it's okay. Mm. You give me one banger of a song with Kelly, Kelly's pipes singing, and it's a fi- easy five star. Mm-hmm. But they took that what? from me. They took it from Kelly. Write the bobs at Disney. You know? Yeah, diverse Let bobs. <laughs> Let them know how. I'm upset that Disney has once sidelined the abilities of Kelly Marie. She'll get her day in the sun one, one of these day, days. She's a final new studio. One I day. Think. Did you watch anything else? Yes. I watched Minari <gasps> and uh, five stars from me from that movie. It's absolutely incredible. Um, mm-hmm. Cinematography is beautiful. The soundtrack is so good. Um, Steven is incredible. hmm I love him. Uh, so it's a beautiful film. Mm. Um, I hope more people watch it. Um, I'm bummed that it's, I don't think it's up for best picture, correct? Because it was considered foreign. The Golden Globes, at the very least, put
0: it in the foreign bucket. Which, with uh, the Oscars they're are in being Kansas. announced soon. I think it was because of the majority of the dialogue was not English. That's my guess. I don't agree with their decision, so yeah. hopefully the Oscars uh,
1: huh. figure. Uh, it's out. so good. It's just a good movie. I, it's just a I, I good feel-good movie.
2: Have you seen this yet? No, I'd love to watch it though. Um, it has what's that guy's name? The lead guy, Steven Yen, and he's he's the he was in the Walking Dead, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. he played Glenn. So I I think he, Walking Dead is the only thing I know him from, and you know I'm not a really I wasn't really a big Walking Dead fan, so when people are Talking about this guy and singing his praises, it's kind of confusing for me.
0: Mm. So in, I, he was in Burning. I watched that last year, and I was amazing. Uh, he was—he he really blew me away in that one. That was the one I think maybe Ian, even uh, Ian, former producer of the show, recommended to me, and he like blew me away.
1: Mm, I nice. didn't even know
0: he spoke another language besides English. That's me, dullard, <laughs> slim. Classic, slim. And now you see him in these movies. And I, my review for Minari was. Uh, Stephen Yun is my Robert Redford. Mm. I don't even know what that means. You ever seen a movie with Robert Redford? He's an yes. actor. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm tracking with that part so far. But I yes. don't know what is Robert, Robert Redford, Redford supposed has to mean a certain, general. Uh, Gene say qua about him. I mm. don't
2: speak Italian.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and that's, that's all I can say. There's some kind of, uh, thing about him that you can't put into words oh an intangible There's an aura okay an, an intangibility and so i recommend to you that you watch burning and then you do a minari double feature mm. this week
2: my That's some homework
0: burning is on netflix marcy says in chat is he an Akja? okja oh, yeah. yeah he is oh okay so i have seen him okay they thank won't. you ian and giving me some positive feedback that I just wanted to notate on the show. Any other movies, Danny? Uh,
1: Rise of Skywalker, but, you know. Come on. We don't have to go there.
0: Why even bring it up?
1: You asked. <laughs> <laughs> you could have said some other movie, but we don't have to talk about that. One movie we do have to talk about that you logged that <laughs> we didn't talk about last week. Uh-oh. Big one.
0: Get I, I see you pulling it, it up. <laughs> I'm mousing over right now. Princess Mononoke. Oh God, that was like two weeks ago. It feels like an eternity
1: ago. It was. We didn't talk about it last week. No, we didn't. Big
0: log. I dropped a big log.
1: Well, yes, you did. <laughs> Matt
0: on Letterboxd <laughs> for Princess Mononoke. Hmm. Yeah, you I, you posted that you bought some Blu-rays. Uh-huh. I don't know. It was a weekend or something. Scooped those steel books up. And I don't know what Amanda was doing. I think she, maybe she went to bed at one at one p.m. Took a little midday nap, <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Maybe it's time. A little impromptu big log drop, mm-hmm. and I fired up Mononoke on HBO Max. I did. Yes. I gave it four stars. Mm. This is the one that everyone talks about. danny has got the mask on his wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I am just continually blown away by the animation in these Ghibli movies. Yes, like, It's like, unreal. What? what is going on? Disney, can you wake up a little bit with some 2D animation? Just send your artists over to the Ghibli studios. Mm. I don't even know if those things exist. But my review notated that I would
1: just watch a two-hour
0: Ghibli movie of people running as fast as they can.
1: <laughs> uh yeah, There's I, so many scenes with Ashitaka that are animated incredibly beautifully. Mm-hmm. Him on uh, the back of, I can't remember the the... The wolf. Deer, the deer, wolf. No, the his uh, his like horse deer. I can't think of the oh, name right yeah, now. Oh yeah, yeah.
5: Deer
1: uh, horse, elk. Uh, there's just so many great scenes of him. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, all of it's great. Mononoke is great. So
0: yeah, yeah. I really enjoyed. I'm it. Glad I'm glad, glad I watched it. that. The the I I think still my top movie though, um, from, Ghibli is uh, Nausicaä, The Valley of the Wind.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you.
0: That movie knocked my socks off mm-hmm. Yeah, when I saw it. I, I, I'm looking up my review on Letterboxd. I compared uh, Princess to my lord and savior, Ahsoka, mm. after I watched that movie.
3: I mm, love that's Ahsoka. That's a good
0: comparison. Ahsoka, you know, the last season of Clone Wars, mm-hmm. her, where she gets mm-hmm. that time to shine. yeah. That is some of the best Star Wars stuff ever produced.
1: Are we doing a close? <laughs>
0: <laughs> so I yeah I loved I loved Princess uh, Nausicaa. I was wondering what you were scamming on Letterboxd to see what my
1: review was. Well, last after we recorded, I was like, man, I forgot to bring up that he watched Modern mm-hmm. Okay. Proto, did you watch anything this week?
2: I did watch uh, a couple things. I um I watched the movie with my kids. We watched the Never Ending Story a few days ago.
1: I think I watched this maybe even like
2: last year.
5: Um,
2: but I was curious just to see what my kids would think. Uh, my daughter didn't really want to watch it, but as it was playing, she kept poking her head around the corner to see just what was going on on the screen. Um, I gave it three stars. It's, I, I love this period of these movies. Um, you know just the the 80s with the puppets um mm-hmm. and the the dark storytelling for what should be a, a children's movie i, I think mm. you know um i was also it's
0: like an r rated kids movie
2: yeah it really is like the the death uh the death of the horse uh someone just posted <sighs> uh dave in in discord he posted the, the the uh i think it's called the gormok the wolf in that mm. is terrifying um Also terrifying on those
1: sphinxes. Oh
2: yeah, the the sphinxes, the nudity of the sphinxes. Mm -hmm. Uh, I did not remember that. Uh, But the thing that was most one of the most terrifying things to me was this orange Julius drink that the kid's dad (laughs)
3: has. (laughs) Did people know
2: about this? Where you you take it orange juice and you mix a raw egg with it, you blend it, and then you drink it. You put it down your throat. Just those two (laughs) ingredients. I'd never seen anything like it. Um, it sounds did normal. you try it uh, I'm, I mean I'm kind of tempted because people I trust have said that it's good but I think it's mm. illegal now mm. I don't think you can actually have a raw egg <laughs> <laughs> that's against like the that's... FDA <laughs> who,
0: we have a friend of the show Jim who built a bot that we use at our discord what was the drink he made at our vacation house a couple of years ago the Bloody he,
1: Mary
0: he made like a Bloody Mary but he put mustard, mustard in it yeah. or something it was the most disgusting and vile thing I've ever seen. The things people will M- do. Tim <laughs> says mustard yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. My least favorite condiment on the planet is yellow mustard. When I was a kid, we used to get soft pretzels at school. And just the idea that I could get yellow mustard like on my school sweater or on my person make made my skin crawl oh I, this like is if some someone deep trauma if someone had oh, there's there's deep trauma there if someone were to have like a yellow mustard container and like <laughs> squeeze it in my direction i'd cut that person out completely from my life I'm just thinking forever. of those
1: fake bottles that shoot like the yellow string out i gotta get one of those they would be cut out
0: i would put the foot down uh, Gabe says the naked Slim Dog origin story. That could be true. <laughs> yes. There could be some kind of mustard-related incident that I put into totally. the depths of my memory.
2: Oh no! Totally.
0: What else, Prado?
2: Um, well, so I. The other thing that I watched, I finished <laughs> Neon Genesis Evangelion.
3: He Jeez. did it. I told
2: I told everyone that I would finish it. It's just I'm been three or four years in the making. Um, so this is a it's 26 episodes. The the mm-hmm. 23rd and 24th episodes were fantastic, they give some like amazing twist to the to the plot, and I was like, Yes, this is why anime is amazing because the story goes in these wild directions you don't expect. And then the final two episodes, Jettison. Pretty much everything that came before it, in my mind, uh, goes in a completely different direction in terms of how it's going to explain what's going on. And I was in shock. Uh, I called it the worst ending of all time. (laughs) <laughs> Holy shit! And I mean that in all series, in series of any movie or any TV series, I've never been Ooh more let God. down in anything. Um, it was terrible. Uh, we're so here for you. I was gonna give it. I was ready to give this four stars. I was like, "This is great." You know, it's a little uh-huh. slow, but it pays off at the end. But those last two episodes, apparently, it had like uh, production issues. Like mm. the episodes were um, really delayed, and the, you can kind of tell on the last episodes. The art is uh just almost completely different as well so there's mm. some you know some of that but there is a movie that came out later that was like a retelling of the ending in a in a more traditional way so i think i i do want to watch that just to to so maybe maybe it'll it'll heal me in some way um but yeah that was that was the end of evangelion for me and i was i was disappointed i'm still mm. shook Sorry, Sorry. I had to go through this. Thank you. Here for Tim, you buddy.
0: Tim and Chat saying Proto quitting Apex and bringing up anime on a movie podcast. This is drama. <laughs> I think that's the TNT
1: slogan. We know drama.
0: We mentioned the Discord tonight, getting some live comments this evening. Ian is a former producer of the show. He's already told me to insert the Evangelion theme song during that segment. I'll make a note of that, Proto or uh, Ian.
1: Dale's doing the cutoff sign though.
0: Yeah, he, from the booth. I don't know if he's we can. had enough. He hates it when people live produce the show. Uh, but you can join our Discord uh, by signing up for our Patreon, four bucks a month, 70mmpod.com. There's a link on there. We actually just added a annual option. So for people mm. that are um, going to be here for the long haul, you can sign up for the annual option today and save 16% over the course of the year. Um, and we have a bunch of new faces this week Sophie, Jarrett, Rob, On the Day, Hannes, Nick, Justin, uh, who joined this week. So thank you everyone for joining us on this journey by the way every week uh, if you share this show on social media you're entered to win a free year of Letterboxd Pro so no ads on Letterboxd it's our favorite social media site um, and this week's winner Avon Barksdale on Twitter Avon got a free year of Letterboxd Pro and their, their tweet getting an apocalypse now pod and a free year of Letterboxd Pro mm. too good to be real guess what it is real my it's friend just got a free year. And if you want to support Letterboxd by all means you can use the link on 70mmpod.com to get 20% off upgrading to pro or patron status. So uh so just remember to support the things you love and the people that make them by all mm. means. Do I want to talk about a movie before we get into I think Metropolis. Did. Oh, you know what? Leading oh. into... <laughs> oh, I just saw it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you see it in my reflection? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> f- next week, we're going to be talking about Justice League. It's a cultural oh. moment. Big time. As I say, it's a cultural moment. You know, there was a lot of toxicity from the fan community that led to it even happening, but we're going to still do it. It's a, it's a worthy moment, I think, to experience. I, Danny and I both mm. went back to the well to get ready for this movie. And we both rewatched Man of Steel, and when I saw this movie in the theaters, I was pissed. Mm. I was pissed off. You know, there was whispers that it was going to be like uh, Superman Birthright, which is my favorite Superman comic. It's like a uh, modern day retelling, and it was not anything like Birthright. But then I watched it again, maybe two years ago. I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm, I'm okay with this from a from the lens quote. Mm. A different lens. Treat it like an Elseworlds Superman movie. You know, not my Superman movie.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: Elseworlds comics are just like alternate universe takes. So I watched it again this week in 4K. Mm, That's sure. <laughs> Dolby Vision. Mm. And
1: let me tell you something. Four stars. Yes. I mean, I loved this when it came out, but I think my blb day one ratings i gave it three stars so i hadn't watched it in a minute so watching it again gosh it's just there's something about it that i really connect with i love henry as as clark i think Mm -hmm. he's amazing he's amazing superman i mean i think we've always kind of had well i don't talk about dean kane but like my growing up superman was tom welling i watched i watched smallville I felt like every day of my life. I loved Smallville. Somebody uh, say. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Um, so having Brandon Routh in Returns was great, but there's something about Henry that I don't I don't know. I really connect with him as a character. He's really good. The soundtrack in this is amazing. Kevin Costner as as Jonathan. I mean Diane Next Lane. I, I mean it's just there's something about it I love. I love the action in it. I love the story in it. I mean, it's not a five banger for me because there, there's just right. some issues with it. But um, I really love this movie. People I, I really... still, it's it's funny because it's it's probably my favorite out of all the DCU, and it and it's at the beginning and it's kind of like what it is for Captain America for me. I don't really care much about mm. too much that came out after. But there's mm-hmm. something about that first boy wonder. Can we talk about that score? the Hans oh my Zimmer God. Superman score it's disgusting the trailer for this movie was off the charts yeah
0: the trailer was no joke when it came out yeah I love people love to rag on the Jonathan Kent highway scene Well oh, see, love that's it. my that's my Stop low point job <laughs> that's feels, your low point
1: that's the low point for me
0: oh you don't like it Mm-mm. thanks for being here
5: it
1: oh, <laughs> it uh there's something about it I don't it doesn't feel it doesn't feel on point with the character I don't know First of all, he
0: shouldn't have just gone back for a dog. They should have had a kid in the car that Jonathan Kent was trying to go save. Okay, I can see you that. You know, make that a like a, a young kid that can run. Maybe he frees the kid. They
1: run back. But also, you can't tell me Superman couldn't have saved Jonathan without. It's anyone not noticing. time yet. It There's 300 people on that overpass. They got There's cell not 300 out. people they're, they're, under they're, that they're, overpass. There, are probably
0: photojournalists under there. Oh my god! And they're they're taking photos. That you can hear the click, 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 click. He can't do it, Clark. It's not time. They're not ready.
1: I just... its I love you, Clark, but (laughs) it's not time. I I, I get the point of it. It Mm. should have been done better. Let's leave it at that. Okay. Let's leave it at that. That's fine.
0: Metropolis. (laughs) Speaking of. (laughs) 1920. (laughs) What a segue. 1927, Fritz Lang. This is Prado's pick for shame month even though the majority of our community have not also seen it, you know? But it's time to dig in, to see what all the fuss is about. The historical movie that everything connects with, that it has been inspired by. Silent movie, it's got music though. Pardo, can you get us ready?
2: In a world where men have become gods by enslaving their own to the endless task of keeping a great city alive, a young man of the ruling class seeks to mediate between the gods and those that serve them. A mile in the sky and deep into the darkness beneath the surface of the planet, gears turn, hydraulics pump, steam pours, lights flash, sweat drips, and men and women break their backs to keep the great city of Metropolis alive. Freighter, the son of the city's master, witnesses the plight of the workers at his father's hands and trades places with a man whose life is committed to the city. The master of the city discovers what he thinks is a plot of rebellion and enlists the help of the inventor, Rotwang, to sabotage their plans. Maria, a prophet of the workers, speaks of a mediator that will bring together the rulers and the workers once and for all. Forces are at work, and the heart of Metropolis is about to skip a beat and never be the same again.
0: How about the box sets that are available for this movie? We the three of us buying yeah. them up. Horde. Mm-hmm. The design of those box sets. Danny, can you design us a 70 millimeter version of a box set for Metropolis? I think we need to. <laughs>
2: <laughs> because the other one costs $130 on the UK
5: edition. <laughs> <laughs> it's a big car.
2: Yeah, if you if you like tab through on Amazon the different versions, it's the, the price just like grows exponentially the further you get down. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mm. think I saw that like the copyright for the movie had you kind know, of lapsed over time so uh, you, you could have just been like uh, any other any any distribution company you could just produce your own DVD or Blu-ray of this we? movie I think I'm not sure if it's still lapsed who knows Now
1: none of us had seen this previously right Danny you hadn't seen this No 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 My only familiarity is that amazing poster that it has mm-hmm. of the machine man and the metropolis behind her
5: mm-hmm. Yeah
1: it. Tim Tim and Chat says it returns to
0: public domain next year Oh I think not. I think we're doing something. Are, does anyone <laughs> have a K. Blu-ray printing <laughs> machine? Where's my CDRs? Tim in chat, I believe, is a huge Fritz Lang mm. uh, fan, and Tim is in the biz, as we say. But this movie, we were talking in our DMs this week about how there's some kind of, you know, connection happening on this show. Not everything seems to fall into place. This movie was released on March 13th. Nineteen twenty-seven. Two days. From look back. at look at the calendar when you're listening
1: to this. Are you kidding me right now? Look at it.
2: Doesn't just. Right, happen. your thoughts. These kind of things just don't happen. Okay.
1: <laughs> I just saw an orb.
2: This is a
0: hundred years in the making. I'm all chilled up right now, just talking mm-hmm. about it. I'm all chilled up. I've new. I've known about this movie. I think I get this confused with Brazil. Mm-hmm. It's like a weird, you know, older movie that you should have seen. Um. I've seen the the man machine, the machine man, the mensch machine design before, but that's all I know. Mm-hmm. This is this is my first deep dive. Uh, it's readily available in several places. If you're listening to this, and want to give it a shot. My first note: I'm just going to jump right in. Do it. Just jump right in. I love these old school elevators in these buildings. <laughs> the ones where they're just like continually running, and mm. you just kind of like hop in. And just pray you don't get killed by the open area. Like, Is that why they don't use these anymore? is that a real thing? I thought that was just like a set for this movie. No, that was a legit. I saw it in a few French movies I watched this year too. Uh, The Gallows movie I watched. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? Worst case scenario, you lose your legs if you
2: screw up getting into an elevator. You're just expecting a puddle of blood probably every time you go up to one of these elevators, right? Just common occurrence. <laughs>
0: uh, I wish we could return to those. Uh, Pardo, what about you? This is your pick. What are some initial takeaways from you uh, from this viewing? Oh, sorry, I hit the mic. Um, <laughs> oh, God. What, what caused that microphone to fall? <laughs> Was that another force that we're
2: not in control of? Um, man, there's so many things that I want to talk about this movie, but I'm not sure if I'm going to like have the words to describe okay. my thoughts about it. But- I'll give it Let's my best start. shot. My the thing that I took away the most is just the like the the tone of this and the the feeling that it's um in some ways it feels like a play. It feels almost like Greek mythology at the same time. Mm. The the characters are larger than life. It mixes in a lot of, you know, religious metaphors, uh, and references inside of it. Oh yeah. Um, it's, it's very like grand in that way. Uh, you know, it speaks of the apocalypse. Uh, I mean, the imagery is it's, it's not even like trying to hide it. It's just very explicit. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so it's very grandiose. I, I love that. I love that kind of storytelling. You know, I, it, it, it has it has to be done right cuz you can it can look kind of you know without being done right it can look maybe campy or silly mm-hmm. or melodramatic um but when it's done right it it just it has like this weight to it um and it feels grand and it feels important and to me this movie feel, feels felt that way like those parts all worked for me and i really enjoyed that aspect of it of just you know this this impossibly large city, um, where there's two classes of people and they're clashing, and and just the yeah the the, the story elements that go with that. I I mm-hmm. I, I love I love the the tone that this whole story has. I would think Danny. My I'm speaking for Danny, but
0: I would think the overall design of this movie is probably something that jumped out at you from first know, like 1927. Uh, I mean some of the city backdrops the, those just like s- drawings of the cityscapes of metropolis
1: what I what I was like <clears throat> what I was like falling in love with was uh the imagination in creating some of these pieces like uh even just looking at the city I mean I could have stared at a couple of those shots of the city for a good 20 minutes longer just to mm. Just to be able to like look at the roads and look at the buildings and the layers and the the airplanes on track. I mean, there was something. I mean, from the get go, I am just like this. Uh, this is in, this is incredible, and honestly, to the point where I was like, the only thing that kept me grounded in the fact that it was nineteen twenty seven or twenty whatever uh, was the performances. Like it just mm. it felt very dated, mm. but looking at the like, looking at the design, looking at the the like the massive sets, it's just impress Like it's so impressive to think about it being done so long ago. Mm. And I was just I was floored, floored by some of these pieces in this film.
0: The second time I reference elevators, but the one shot where the workers are going mm-hmm. underground it's right in the beginning, yeah. And it's just like the drawings and the set, the set, it's like the drawing of them in the elevator and the camera is just going through the various set pieces. Like, Crazy. Like 1927, what is going on right now? Yeah. yeah. And I mean, I totally, even, even ahead, the cityscapes sorry. of them walking or, you know, just, just the shots of the cities were like mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of like, oh, this is why people talk about Metropolis like right here.
1: Yeah, and, to what Proto was saying about being like a theater player or something, it really felt operatic to me like this. There were so many times where it felt like, especially in the beginning when they were clocking in and clocking out for work, the way they walked, like the, Mm. the slow walk of them coming out or the fast walk of them going to work. But it was also to, to almost to the beat of the music and the music in this is just, it's ridiculous. It's stunning. Like I read that the composer would sit on set and play the piano during the scenes uh, for timing and stuff like that. Like, it's incredible. Mm. But this did really it? did feel like I was watching an opera.
0: Do we know anyone that can play the piano while we record <laughs> I an episode? Maybe.
2: Vommer, where it. are you? My friend was. <laughs> uh, I Yeah, the designs are amazing. And the thing I, I, I love about it is how... It, it doesn't try to hide the fact that some of its animation, um, mm-hmm. you know, or just like painted backgrounds, it, it just like embraces it. Like you said, that elevator scene, it's like clearly an animation, but um, it, it's almost, it's like, it's not trying to be something else. It just clearly is that, or just the the, the scenes of the city that where there's um, some miniatures that are used. Um, mm. There's this one shot of uh, of the skyline and it shows a skyscraper that was like a sphere, uh, that was like a cylinder, but then it had like Mm. spikes coming out of it. Mm. And I've, I've never seen a design like that before. Like it was so striking the way that it looked. And I thought, how is this like from 1927? And I've never seen this like copied or reproduced by anything. Mm. Uh, and, and it's it was it was so like recognizable that I thought I would have seen it before um but yeah I was uh, yeah I was struck just how the uh the the animation and the miniatures and and then and just the the dark and light sets were used and how everything felt like it was underground mm-hmm. um they really did an amazing job of making this feel like a a real city that was almost entirely, you know, underground for these people.
0: Yeah, there was one design of the, there's just like a, a montage of just like drawings of cityscapes.
5: Mm-hmm. And
0: one of them, it looked like a building was coming in sideways. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's <laughs> like, holy crap. Yeah. These are like like uh, tweets that you would see that go viral one day, like, ooh, check out these designs from uh, so-and-so in the <laughs> sketchbook. <laughs> yeah, and they yeah. have like 50,000 retweets. <laughs> The other some other things in my notes, um Maria. When Maria is her her visage is put on the robot mm-hmm. and she starts like walking around like evil robot, mm-hmm. <laughs> she is putting on the performance of a lifetime. Yeah, as she's an evil part. robot. Yeah. Just she- her movements, her eyebrows, her arms, like she is Jim Carrey as the Riddler in Batman Forever like her form like she's she's like really accentuating herself and her body in a way that wasn't too over the top I was like yeah I can get it
1: like you're a kooky evil robot right now yeah. and I'm into it so I love that mm-hmm. and that scene the scene with Wang, if that's how you say his name the evil scientist can we say that on the show I don't even know I'm not know. sure I might Prado have said it once out. so I'm gonna say it again <laughs> you can't combine those two words into form word. words <laughs> The scene where he does the transfer of Maria's body into the machine man was incredible. Like that's my favorite scene of the movie for sure. Mm. Uh the animation of like the rings coming down around the 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 bot, the android yeah. and th- just I don't know there's that set was stupid incredible too where she's laying on the table with the bands around. I mean the, the what what blew my mind watching all 17 hours of this film was um How many times I'm like, this is what this, like, this is where Star Wars, like Star Wars was referencing this, Blade Runner is referencing this, 2001 uh, took reference, like the amount of cultural um, impact that this film had on future sci-fi movies is disgusting. Like Mm -hmm. I saw so many modern sci-fi films in this one film. I mean, even like. Like shots of the cities from like Hunger Games or uh, Doctor Strange love. I mean, there's just so much that you could pull from this film. It's mm. disgusting. What about Doctor Strange?
2: It's Matt. <laughs> God. The scene with the Machine Man is great. I love it when the when he when Rotwang first wakes up, the machine man, and taking those steps. <laughs> One of the other things I love about this is I feel like this is a an imagination of the future in that time period, if we never developed like computers, Um, because if you think about it, like if, you know, it's the 1920s and if you're looking ahead, you know, the industrial machine is going to continue to ramp up and grow. And we're going to need, you know, more production at a faster clip, you know, so you're going to need more workers who are doing more complex things. So the idea that you'd have like the city that grows larger and larger and To me, like what I was seeing was the workers are really like there's there's a scene where there's like 20 workers and they're all standing at dials like moving things. Mm -hmm. Or even Frieder, his job is to move the arm. What looks like a giant (laughs) clock, move the arms to where the flashing light is. Mm -hmm. And and that is those jobs. That's what a computer is doing. You know, it's just like flipping switches here and there uh, in different places. So if we, if you imagined a world where things got so complex, but people were the only way to to care for these things, this kind of makes sense in, in that world in the way that like our production, like, I feel like we can kind of see a little glimpse of this where like our, our, our needs and our production is outgrowing our technology. When I think of like an Amazon warehouse, you know, mm-hmm. where we have people who are doing like insane jobs, 12 hours. You know, 12 hours a day, you know, people are lying dead in an Amazon factory and people are walking over them. Allegedly, that's happening, um, you know, because we don't have we haven't developed machines yet to care for the amount of, um, uh, you know, work that needs to be done. Um, so I feel like that like that, that's what's being uh, you know, expressed here, like this fear that we're going to grow so rapidly that men are going to have to do the, these insane jobs just to keep this machine running. Yeah,
0: you're right. I, I was thinking the same thing during him every shot of him doing the stupid clock job. I was like, man, that job is so stupid. They can't figure that out. And, <laughs> but then I was like, well, there are some, some parallel jobs that go on today that you could consider are the same thing. Uh, we saw the gifts this week in Discord. How about the scene where robot Maria is dancing in front of the t- tuxedoed men Mm. And they cannot contain their libidos a second <laughs> more seeing her do those those dances while she is, like, you know, essentially topless. Also, the fact that there's, like, more scantily clad women in this movie and wings than, like, any other movie that I could recall seeing from, like, 50 years later yeah. <laughs> mm, in, yeah. like, a general audience movie. Like, the, there's one scene, I think, in The Eternal Gardens where a woman is wearing, like, a really thin, short, black dress. And that was, like, my first note. I was like, oh, my God. This is a different, <laughs> like, we. it's a different time. Like, 1927, it was like, you know, everything's out there. Who cares? And then it went back, and then now it's, like, sort of back again. I don't know. Did you guys get that
2: vibe when you were watching it at all, Proto? Oh, totally. Yeah. I would have thought, like, this would have been... uh I don't know, like scandalous to have at, at this time at the, at the beginning, I guess like the eternal gardens that they had like some, the woman had like someone like veiled, uh, like it looked like, a, like, yeah, like a very thin see-through like veil top with like mm-hmm. nothing on underneath of it. And I was like, dang, this is, yeah, I was not expecting that for this, this movie. <laughs> yeah. Those guys in the tuxedo, that scene was, was crazy. Uh, you know, it really paralleled well the um there you know there was the the reference of the 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 uh, from the Bible like the, the I think it's like the 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 woman coming out of the sea with the seven-headed apple you know whatever uh, and and the the machine man who looks like Maria now is supposed to represent that as she literally comes up looking like the painting of of the woman coming out mm-hmm. of the sea. Uh, so this is I guess like the the seven deadly sins. You know, she's invoking those from this crowd of people, and just like that very explicit imagery, I, I just, I just love that.
0: Yeah, back to the technology. Uh, Dave pointed out, and this is in my notes, to the video call. Uh, oh that they yeah, had in the movie
2: like way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One of the th- <laughs> crazy. I love the um, the uh, there there was like a ticker tape machine where it was just uh, the, there was a I think it was in the 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 um, Frieder's. Uh, father's office where there was this machine that had a panel in front of it. And then it just looked like paper that was scrolling up and there'd be like, (laughs) like symbols on it. And the guy was just like taking notes as if like the messages were coming through. I I love that idea. Like uh, this is their, their uh, representation of future technology. Danny, what else is on your list? Um, well, I'll just get to
1: the brass tax, brass tax, cut it down to brass tax right now
0: for us. I was
1: so bored watching this movie. <laughs>
0: Danny's truth right now coming out. I, Listen, can I let me just pile on real quick? One of my notes in the middle of my page here. Mm-hmm. Getting kind of bored.
1: Yeah. Let it it's, out, Danny. <sighs> I don't even know how to explain my boredom. It wasn't like <laughs> uh <laughs> like this is the worst thing I've ever watched. It was just there. <sighs> the, I just, there's a lot about the performances that I was just kind of like, eh, this is okay. Can we go back to looking at the cityscapes? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I, the story's fine. Like it's a good story. Uh, I just found myself like very bored. And then I got to like <laughs> the end of the prelude and I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> well what's next. And then it was like, and then it had like another break and I mean I honestly took 3 days to watch this film. One wow. I I restarted it twice cuz I couldn't remember what the hell was going on in O-N-G. this movie. So yeah. I it was it was quite boring for me. Um and I, it was like a slog to get through.
0: Uh it's 2 hours 30 minutes ish. Uh Wes in chat Wes gave this 5 stars. Wes quote OMG at Danny's comments right there. Mm-hmm. This this is a silent movie. It's got great mm-hmm. music. Great mm-hmm. cityscapes, great design. There's a lot of stuff that you could probably just cut out. A like, lot. There's a, there's a, the version that's of, like readily available includes some of the footage that had been lost for decades. So it has, you know, I think maybe 20 or 30 minutes more that was previously thought lost and it's not the best quality, but it's in there. Um, you could, you, a 90 minute version of this could slap, mm-hmm. you know? Like there's a lot of scenes that just kind of go on, like with, with some queen music. I did, yeah. Speaking of which, I did read <laughs> that there's a version that had you know 80s, yeah, rock I did get music around to finding in it, it or something. I was pretty intrigued by that. Yeah, I'm sure it's better. Um, but we didn't hear from Preto yet. Proto gave some you know glowing comments on the combination of several factors of this movie.
2: What do you think about the, the length? Were you bored at all? Um, I, I don't. I want to say I was bored. I think I felt it getting like it was, it felt long by the end that there was kind of more and more going into it. I liked early on the, the fact that it was, the story was pretty layered with these characters who thought they were working together, but then they all had their own motives. Like the whole Rotwang thing, like where he's working with Friederson (laughs) Um, but then he's actually going to double, he's planning to double cross him mm-hmm. and use the machine man for his own purposes. Yeah. Uh, like, I love that. Uh, but, and uh, Danny's saying he doesn't like the acting, but I love the acting in this. I love you know the way it's so, they have to be so expressive and there's so many right? scenes where there isn't any dialogue. There might be like one, t- you know, card where they, they give some text or, you know, dialogue of what's going on but everything else, you're just reading their emotions and, and their way they're acting. I, I mean, the, the uh, Bridget Helm who plays Maria, just the way she moves her body there, there's a scene where, um, I mean, I have to say it again, Rotwang is trying to capture her and they're, they're like across each other at this table and just the way they move and chase each other and, and, and grab one another and try to get away. Uh, I loved, and then I also the, the way they're 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 um, they're presented in this. Sometimes you would see them like their side profile, and you could tell like their their faces are just plastered in white. <laughs> I guess that yeah. was so mm-hmm. that you know their yeah. expressions would come through as clear as possible. So they they have like these very white faces, and then they have these giant shoes as well. Did you guys notice that? No. Frieder has like these clown shoes oh, on. Oh yeah, they're like clogs. Almost. Yeah, really? and like when he would run, he, they would just look like very cartoonish. Um, but it, it it was just very clear. It communicated everything so well, you know, just by, by having the makeup on and, and, and the costumes and everything, everything that needed to stand out did. Um, mm-hmm. So I was just enjoying that part of it. Art in chat
0: says, Director Fritz Lang, editor. Fritz Lang, is this the crux of the issue? <laughs> who can say? Hey, maybe. The other shot that I loved was the Seven Deadly Sins,
3: like mm. a collage
0: where you see like the, the stat, quote statues mm-hmm. of them and death is in there. And I was like, man, they all look so weird. Like, mm-hmm. Who designed these statues? Yeah. And then later, Death starts moving. I was like, mm-hmm. oh shit, okay. <laughs> That's why they all look weird. And De- I love Death's look.
2: Death yeah, looked pretty frightening Oh, that to costume me. was incredible. It was mean. Yeah, yeah, I don't know
0: what kind of skinny freak they put into that suit, but the sizing just worked out so well. Freaked me out. Those are the majority of my notes. Uh, I mean, the, the overall drawings and paintings, whatever they did in this movie, you know, this is like book material coffee table book get get the oh, Metropolis baby, yeah. coffee table our, our, book out here what's that company that does the Star Wars books and they're like dollars. Tashin. Tashin call me mm-hmm. we'll figure this out call me
1: I have a movie for you guys <laughs> <laughs> you know what also blew my mind was the amount of extras in this film oh yeah I read like two different things. One said that in the scope of the 310 days of filming, there was 37,000 extras. Cripes. And I just was like, what? I couldn't believe it. Like the scenes where the the people um, from the underground were trying to escape and the kids trying to escape the water coming up. Mm -hmm. Just the amount of people in this film just blew my mind.
2: Yeah, Mm. I was getting serious anxiety. Yeah. With the, the crowd of children, that, what an amazing shot of all of them reaching their hands upwards with mm-hmm. Maria in the midst of them. And she's like screaming, you know, for them to get out. And then our man Frieder, <laughs> he's going to rip those iron bars off the wall with his bare hands. Unreal. What, am I, like, what are you going to death. do in that moment, right? You've got he's a done. thousand kids who are about to drown. <laughs> And you gotta rip this these bars off the wall. That was amazing. The original Superman of Metropolis. (sighs) Did it come from this movie,
1: Frieder? You heard it here first. Is this German blonde the original (laughs)
0: Superman?
1: Man of Steel. (laughs) Uh,
0: Pardo, what else is on your notes for Metropolis that we haven't covered yet? There were some great lines in this,
2: you know, of the few, you know, dialogue that you see. (laughs) One of them was, I can't remember what the context of it was, but they said it was, they traded wages for hands. Uh, mm. I can't remember what that was referencing, but I liked it. Oh, and, the, and the, my favorite line was at the end where uh, uh, Frieder's father discovers that he was with the workers when the, when the flooding starts and he runs out and uh, he says to, I think the foreman, he says, where's my son? And the foreman says, Tomorrow, a thousand will ask you, Friederson, where is my son? Uh, because mm. he's Ugh. the one that caused all of this. And I thought, dang, <sighs> what a line. Um, but there was, yeah, there was a bunch of like great lines in this. And I guess when you have such little dialogue, you really got to make them pop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And they did I think we saw, uh, thought the same thing about Wings, too. Didn't? Yeah. I think yeah. we all love the, the writing in Wings.
1: Mm hmm.
0: I'll loop in the uh, scene where they read that line on Thank screen. You. Just be that silent moment <laughs> with the music. Mar- uh, Marcy and Mikey point out the hair. My review uh, mentioned that a lot of the dudes in this movie were all had Jonathan Taylor Thomas hair from Home Improvement mm. that like parted. John Teen
2: beat. You know a uh, Tiger Beat magazine. Another guy who had a, an amazing look was the. They called him the Thin Man the, with the, who had the the oh, cowboy looking yeah. hat. And he he would like grip somebody with that hand. Did you guys think (laughs) that he was trying to kill Frieder at first? I thought he was like an assassin trying to find him and kill him. But then he was actually... He was just following him. Yeah, he was just following him and he was working for his father when it was going to rescue him. Mm -hmm.
1: It's in the dialogue. Yeah. You got to read the text. I'll
2: go back and read it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
0: I'll give my rating first for Metropolis. I 100% understand the inspiration for, for cinema as a whole and probably many other mediums, but I was not very engaged during oh. the majority of this movie. Um, I was on my phone too much oh know, watching this thing. Uh, so with that said, I mean, the technical prowess is there. Mm-hmm. There's so much here that is legit, and it blows my mind that it was possible in 1927 and it still looks really good. Plus, it has those old school elevators that I like. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm three and a half stars for Metropolis. Going against the grain here, Danny. What about you?
1: I will say, uh, I'm I'm right there with you, Matt. There's what I what I understand that this film has done for sci-fi cinema. Like, what would we have if we didn't have Metropolis? Like, what films would have come out? Do we have some of the films? You know, do they look like the way they do because of this film? And so, uh, for me, visually, everything checks my box. I love black and white filming. I love the cinematography, the music, the sets, the art direction, and this. I mean, it, that's that's like five star me. But then everything else is like one star <laughs> for me. Uh, and so, while I'm not gonna meet in the middle, I will. I'll be there with you, Matt. It's three and a half stars for me.
0: There it is, boom! In chat, also rates films based on how much time she spends on her phone while watching.
2: Thank you, boom. We all got to do. What we got to do. Um, I I really enjoyed this. I wasn't bored much uh, while watching it. I had a great time. Like I said earlier, the the tone. Danny was saying the operatic uh, mm-hmm. sensibilities of this are my wheelhouse, the, uh, the layered storytelling, the metaphors, you know, I, I I love the, the religious bits in this. I, there's like a lot of parallels to, you know, Christ in this. I could even Mm -hmm. see this as like actually a Moses story where, uh, where Frieder is Moses. And then the guy, I thought Jehosh, uh, what was his name? Mm -hmm. Josephat, was kind of like the Ramses character at first. I thought, Oh, is this like a Moses story here? So I mm-hmm. think you could totally pull that out of it. So there, there was just so many tidbits that you could pull, and, and like we said, the design of it—it's amazing. Um, there's w- one of my general rules is if I can't, if I have to question if a movie is a five star movie, then it's not. So for me, mm-hmm. this is a this is I'm giving this four stars. Ooh, but also, man. I'm I'm doing something that's never been <gasps> done before minute. on this Wait show. A Asterisks. Minute doing something that's never been done before in the show. You- I'm changing. I'm going to change the game, flipping the script here for a minute. Um, <laughs> so on everyone's letterbox profile, you can pick mm. your four favorite movies. <sighs> what I'm going to do now is I'm saying oh my that for me, my new rule is that the fourth movie on my list is going to be my favorite movie that I've watched for the first time this year, this current year. Oh my god! This has never been done. So, my on my profile, you will see Metropolis as my fourth oh. favorite movie because this is my favorite <sighs> movie that I have watched so far this year. Amazing, I it, really. God, I love it. I can't believe it beat out Never
0: Ending Story <laughs> by Hair. Never. By Hair. A lot of people in chat, myself included, thought you were going to break your long-standing rule of not giving half stars, and this is going to be four and a half stars. Please. Imagine trying to understand the mind. <laughs> thank you, Proto, for choosing this. Mm-hmm. I agree that this is a movie that should fit into Shame Month. Anyone that loves movies sh- should watch this movie at some point in their life. So thank agreed. You. And I'll probably still end up buying a box set. Oh, I'm despite it be three and a half. Stars.
1: If I could find a book on this movie, can
0: we like get an art? Book? Dale, are you can you me? can you start
2: Someone checking Google. Amazon? Do you imagine this in four K?
1: Um, <laughs> please, they could barely make it in. Whatever K is now. (laughs) They had to like find a film
0: somewhere. Breaking news. As we get to the feedback section of the show, which you can leave us at 70mmpod.com, voicemail or email. We have a new patron that just signed up. The final missing piece of the Cynonauts puzzle. Catcher himself has joined up and hopefully will be joining the Discord shortly. So by all means, check out the Cynonauts podcast. Uh, in anniversary of catcher joining, joining us on, dis- on Discord. We have, uh, first of all, you know, I go through our voicemails, download the file, get it all prettied up for the segment. There was a video voicemail that came in tonight. I don't know if you two are in the in cahoots with this plan. I don't know what
1: you're talking about, and that's I'm the save God's it for the end.
0: truth. Something has happened. What? With a voicemail. And uh, it's a video? Uh, you don't need video, we'll just play the the audio, but it's going to be special, that's all I can say.
1: You've also skipped some people, Matt. We
0: skipped, we, the royal we. Mm-hmm. I skipped Severin last mm-hmm. week. Was there someone else that I skipped? Probably, I'm just... oh, <laughs> You just start this segment every time with, who did we skip last week? Yeah. Severin I skipped out on last week. I apologize. Hello, 70MM Podcast. I just started listening to the podcast, and I'm currently on episode three. Oh, Great hi. work you guys do, and I can't wait to get to the newer episodes since I'm around a year behind. Thank you for the service you do. Wow. It comes from Severin, who I believe— What was our
1: third episode? Uh, Good Time,
5: maybe? Oh, or was that two? No, I don't
1: remember. Yeah, that was Good time, Two cause was 1917. 1917. Uh, Good time. Severin,
0: I? I believe, is a friend of the show from uh, Bat and Spider, mm. low rent horror podcast that I've been quoted on this show as saying it's my favorite podcast. 1917 was episode two. God, what an episode. We went hard. Episode two, Oscar special. <laughs> Speaking of which, what that means, are we? I don't let's, know. Let's talk about it off air. <laughs> Uh, next letter warning I don't know how long an email has to be to consider too long also I know I'm behind and you guys just recorded Metropolis but I just listened to the Malcolm X episode first Mm. this is the best biopic I have seen easy five banger and I agree with Danny that this should be in my top five favorite films Mm. preface I am a high school history teacher I actually watched the film for the first time in school the last two weeks during my planning period Like many people, I didn't learn about Malcolm X in detail until I was in college, and I learned more on my own. I want to agree with all of you on how this film should be shown, discussed, and analyzed in schools. However, as a teacher who has taught in private and public schools, this is a nightmare, not because of the rating of the film, but because communities, parents, school leadership, and students do not want to confront the issue that America is still full of inequalities, Mm that are so largely unresolved and deeply rooted in the infrastructure of America due to centuries of history. I currently teach in a school of 800 students and 95% of the school is white. This is a real culture shock for me as I grew up 20 minutes away and went to a school that was only 70% white. I learned so much from my grade school education, attending a large university and working in an inner city in Northeast Ohio, where Ohio fans are. Uh, (laughs) and other races and how deep, subtle racism is in this country. Yet, the community I currently teach resists every move we as educators make to try to open the students up to the bigger world around them. Try to have the kids read a book about the devastation of the atomic bomb on Nagasaki. Parents community members want the kids to read Unbroken to show how cruel the Japanese were. Yet, The cruelty of Japan has been taught for years in American schools. As a history teacher, I try to present other sides of arguments, as Proto mentioned, about how I feel programmed. When I hear Muslim prayer, I immediately think of Al-Qaeda or ISIS. But in Malcolm X, Islam is a religion of peace and has a real sense of beauty. When I try to teach my AP students about the beauty and peace of Islam in my world history course, I'm immediately met with, but the Muslims hate us and we hate them. Parents then perpetuate this cycle by stating teachers should just teach the curriculum and nothing else. Mm. Unfortunately, the constant struggle has led me to eventually quit teaching in the next few years and move into the IT field. Mm. I'm sorry for the rant. Thank you for all you guys are doing to the VHS Village community. Thinking outside your worldview is a critical way and is the best thing we can do to acknowledge the faults in our society. And hopefully, we can bring change and rebuild ourselves and future generations. Man. Much love. That comes from Mike. Wow, Mike. What an email. All-time real. real. Wow, thank you, Mike. (laughs) Wes says, delete my (laughs) voicemail. Nothing matters after that email. (laughs) Uh, Mama Mia.
5: Mike actually, uh,
0: Mike is uh, very nice. He was DMing us on IG. He was talking about, think about playing the podcast for his class too as a way to kind of spur conversation. So thank you very much, Mike. Uh, we have some VMs to get to right now. Uh, let's see from one who has, uh, in, you know, arguably called the best voice in the Discord. We'll say,
5: mm. all right, seventy millimeter pod. It's Wes, and I'm going to be honest with you here. I am nervous. <laughs> Metropolis is an all timer for me. And I'm not even exaggerating when I say that this is, in my opinion, the greatest series of moving images ever committed to film. Mm. Yet somehow I feel like it's not going to hit the heights of 1917 for you all, <laughs> which is just a little feeling that I have. I'm not sure. Hope I'm wrong. But as for the film itself, it might not quite be the all out critique of capitalism that Fritz Lang had maybe hoped for. But then what do you expect, Fritz, when you ask your soon to be literal Nazi sympathising wife to write the screenplay? Mm. I mean, come on. Get the design of it though is breathtaking. I mean, nearly every single scene, every single frame is just seared into my memory. I just, I mean, I can't I can't get help but get emotional just, just <laughs> thinking of the pure artistry <coughs> that went into making this such a visual spectacle. And that re-recording of the score on the 2010 edition, are you kidding no. me right now? Yeah, we're not kidding. Uh, we're not kidding. I, I just love this film and all of its chaotic energy. I mean, it's totally easy to dismiss it now as a two and a half hour silent film, yada, yada, yada. But (coughs) the underappreciated legacy of Metropolis is, I think, just almost unparalleled. I mean, every sci-fi film that followed was pretty much influenced by this in some way. Blade Mm -hmm. Runner, The Fifth Element. You've got films like 1984, Superman comics, Tim Burton's Batman, Doctor Strangelove, pop music, Madonna, Beyonce, Lady Gaga, Mm -hmm. Whitney Houston, even C-3PO guys. Mm, this is wow. the impact that a silent film from 1927 has had in almost a century's worth of popular culture. I mean, what well more is there to say? Mm. Anyway, thank you, Porto, for making this your choice, even if I end up in the minority when it comes to my absolute undying love for yeah, it. Each other. I appreciate you just as much for making this episode happen. And honestly, Danny, I think I might need to fly out to America when this art drops because I need that <laughs> in my life. <laughs> Hopefully now that this one is out of the way, we can have a Fritz Lang villager journey in the future. No, mm. just me. Okay, cool. <laughs> Solo journey it is then. Much love and possums to you all. Wes out.
2: Listen to that voice. That was sure. p- How do you feel after that? Yeah, he mentioned um, uh, Lang's. I, I, I didn't know this, but he said like his Nazi sympathizing wife ri- writing this. Mm-hmm. But I, I was as I was watching this, I was, I couldn't help but think that like a socialist or a capitalist could both take this movie and and say this you know this is my movie this is this supports you know my point of view because you can like kind of twist it both ways i thought that was really fascinating um you know how it could be interpreted in, in, in multiple ways um yeah. this is a movie i would love to like watch a commentary or a documentary just about that
1: mm. i was shocked to see I mean I guess because of how hard it was to even find this film and remake it for 2010 but the amount of Fritz uh movies in the Criterion and this one isn't one of them. Like it's Yeah, it's crazy. I think there's like four four Fritz movies in the Criterion and Metropolis isn't one of them. There's What's going on? I mean maybe there's just not enough for them to do the release of Metropolis oh. like back matter and all that kind of stuff to do the like their big release for it, but I was actually surprised.
5: Mm.
0: Mikey P in chat says, say yes to Wes. That's a t-shirt idea for Wes. Mm. Thank you very much, Wes, as always. Next, we have a VM from the uh, essayist himself on Proto's letterbox for Evangelion. I don't know if it has to do with Evangelion, but let's find out.
4: Hey guys, Tony here. This is my second VM, but uh, I'm actually kind of kicking myself because today's Friday, March 5th, which means this is going to be in the episode after Apocalypse Now. Mm. I don't have the Patreon though, so I don't actually know what movie that is. I hope it's a good one. I just wanted (laughs) to say I really love the Malcolm X episode. I'm a big Spike Lee fan. Mm. I have the criterions. Maybe that's uh, criteria. I don't know. Do the right (laughs) thing and bamboozled. I'm actually an undergrad film student at NYU where he's the head of the master's film program. Oh, wow. So I'm really excited about whenever I actually get to go up there, maybe like bumping into him in a building or something and like trying Uh to give him a, you know, a pitch for a movie or something like that. But I just think, uh, Spike has this uncanny knack for being able to blend style with substance that lends this, you know, unique sort of personality to all of his films that I really Mm. love. I also wanted to say that uh, out of the three of you guys, I'm surprised that Proto is the one watching Neon Genesis Evangelion, <laughs> given some of his movie picks. But um, The End of Evangelion, which is kind of like an alternate ending to the TV show, it's one of my top four on Letterboxd. And I think the show, Oof. as well as that movie, have had just had this massive, undeniable impact on the past 25 years of cinema. Um, Danny, you know, I think Excuse you might me. appreciate the animation in End of Evangelion. Mm-hmm. The guy who created the franchise, Hideaki Anno. He's the person who animated that giant creature that appears at the end of Ghibli's Nausicaa in the Valley of the Wind. Oh my. He also actually voiced the main character in The Wind Rises, which I know all three of you love. Oh, but um, baby. You know, Proto, if the boys are giving you a hard time about your <laughs> Evangelion watch through, I'm always free to talk. Anyways, <laughs> hope you guys are having Thank a you. great day. Um, I'm definitely going to watch this episode when it comes out, and I'll watch the Apocalypse Now one on Monday. Peace.
0: Was this pre-evangelion review, Proto? This had to have been Tony's. I think yeah. Tony's mood would have been different. Uh, he I think we're going to get
2: another VM next week. <laughs>
0: <laughs> he hit that unsub button probably after that review dropped. He's, he just stewed on it after that.
2: Top oh, man. four. I'm. I'm going to watch it. You know, I'm going to watch it, Tony. <laughs> and I, you shouldn't be surprised. I have a very open mind. To film, to anime, animation, I love all things, all forms of st- storytelling. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. I can back that
0: up. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll back it up any day of the week. Uh, let's see, just around the corner. Well, actually, no, we don't even have anything new to announce this week. We already know what the episode is next week's Justice League. <sighs> Snyder. Let's get into this uh, video voicemail that came in. This someone is up to something. I'm just going to say it out loud. It's something, someone is up to something with this person that has left us a voicemail. Uh, could be some inside baseball. We'll see.
3: Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Our Cinema, formerly known as On Cinema. It's the same show. We still have the same movie expertise and expert what? opinion. But We've had to change <laughs> the name due to a copyright claim from a disgruntled. Uh, previous it's, is this Ohio. greg this
0: is greg this
3: episode is a very what? special birthday edition of our cinema and it goes out to slim from michael no relation to michael keaton or michael douglas i presume <laughs> happy birthday slim uh the popcorn classic we're recommending for you is ironclad from 2011 <laughs> oh my one. god minutes, and it stars paul giamata and kate Mara, so we know it's going to be good. It's a 13th century version of sort of the old Knights of the Old Round Table, uh, if you remember that story. And uh, they've done it in many movies over the years, but never as well as in (laughs) Ironclad. Of course, 121 minutes is the exact same length as another great movie, The Red Tent, starring Sean Connery, the original James (laughs) Bond. And of course, he starred in seven Bond classics. Connery is no stranger to the 121 minute length. In fact, he starred in another 121 minute movie, which was, uh, of course, one of the all time Bond classics, Live and Let Die. So watch <laughs> The Red Tent, watch Live and Let Die, watch, of course, The Knights of the Round Table, and have a great birthday, Slim. Oh,
0: my. Greg Turkington himself. Unreal. Mikey P., you son of a gun. Mm. Greg Turkington from On Cinema. Danny and I both discovered On Cinema this past year mm. and, with Tim Heidecker, and it has been one of the biggest bright spots of my entire life, discovering all 10 seasons of On Cinema. And I saw that thumbnail in my email. I almost plotzed. <laughs> so thank you, Mikey. Greg Turkington has uh, wished me a happy birthday and called into 70mm. It doesn't get any better than this. Oh. When, I don't when, even think Proto has seen one episode of On Cinema.
1: When, when's your birthday?
0: Uh, it doesn't matter.
1: Today. Let's
0: move on. <laughs> I, hope it's I not think today. Monday. I think Monday is my birthday. <laughs> I'm not a big focus on birthday kind of person, but thank you, Mikey P. That was amazing. Let's see what an episode Metropolis. We had Greg Turkington call in. We okay. had Tony, uh, oh pre broken hearted Tony. We had Wes. We had amazing emails come in, and we covered one of the all-time greats, Metropolis. And how do you follow up one of the all-time greats, 1927? Mm. You you cover <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. You stay in Metropolis. On, on HBO Max mm. next
1: week. Danny, cool. how do you feel leading up to Justice League? You know, I am really excited. I'm not going to lie. I'm pulling for Zack and this recut of a barely one star movie that came out um i just want it to work i want i want every movie i watch to be an awesome movie you know mm-hmm. wise words
0: Prada, how do you, what's your emotional state leading into next week um i'm terrified
2: cuz i have 24 <laughs> hours to watch a 4 hour movie <laughs> that's where i'm at Proto's in front of the clock in the dungeon of Metropolis trying to
0: figure out how he's gonna weasel in a four hour movie the day before we record yeah FYI we're recording just at FYI we're recording on a Matt, Friday
1: we might have to send like a care package to Jenna
0: Jenna you ever heard of On Cinema <laughs> and Greg Turkington I might be able to get Greg <laughs> to leave you a voicemail next week send Jenna an apology <laughs> Uh Prado, any closing thoughts as we exit the studio this week.
2: What a movie. And from 1927. Is do you need any more proof that cinema is ageless, mm. timeless, and the stories mm. that we that we watch and take in together will be with us forever? I mean that's why we're doing this right now, right? We're mm. watching these these movies together that will never leave us. The people, there are going to be people who are going to watch this movie long after we're dead. And they're going to, they're going to be talking about it and giving it three and a half stars as well. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> we'll see everybody next week. Thank you for being with us. 70mm is a VHS Village production featuring original artwork provided by Danny Haas. Spiritual Guidance and V'ger, the robot who loves movies, provided by Protolexus. Producer Emma Dale underscore A. Prints and other merch are available on 70mmpod.com. This episode was mixed, edited, and produced by me, Slim. And you can support our Patreon for access to our Discord to talk movies with other villagers, get early access to episodes, discounts on merch, and a physical membership card mailed to you. If you would like to support our friends at Letterboxd and upgrade to pro or patron status, you can do so with a 20% off discount using the links on
3: 70mmpod.com. Goodbye!